Pastor Ray Bentley says a woman with a health crisis took a step of faith and trusted Jesus of Nazareth. She had apparently not only heard that Jesus healed people, but had either heard his teachings or heard others tell about his teachings, and she made a judgment about his character, that this was a man of God. He was a man of relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. How much faith does it take to believe Jesus is God's Son? The Bible says even demons believe that. How much faith does it take to believe God's Son can do a miracle? It may take all the faith we have to believe Jesus will do a miracle in our lives. And that's what Pastor Ray talks about today. Let's listen. We're in the Gospel according to Mark, and we're in chapter 5. I want you to turn there. We have a couple of uh, interesting stories that we're going to read through and tell about Jesus' power over death, his power over disease, his presence to heal, and even more exciting, as we look at these stories of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, that same Jesus is here with us tonight. And uh, there may be some of you that have been fighting. There's a lady that we'll see tonight was battling a physical malady that was, it had gone on for 12 long years. And there may be somebody here tonight that you've been battling something physically for a very long time. It can get very discouraging and it can chip away at the foundations of your belief that God is good or that he is fair Uh, or that he cares. Now on one level, you can know that, you can understand that, you can completely believe that, but it's a different story in your physical body when you are battling every single day. Okay, Gospel of Mark, chapter five, and beginning in verse 21. We're still in the early part of Jesus' ministry, and it says in verse 21, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat, To the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged Jesus earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. And so Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Wow, this is, how many would agree this is an exciting day for to be with Jesus? I would love to have been with him uh, at this particular point. We know that he had gone to the other side of Galilee. He had touched 
the area of Gadara, Decapolis, Gentile territory. And there he had cast a demon out of a man and the man was sitting clothed in his right mind. This was a portent of things to come. It was a sign that the gospel would go beyond the borders of Israel and spread throughout the whole world for every nation, every language, every kindred and every tribe. But this man wants to get with Jesus in the boat uh, and spend the rest of his life with Jesus. I, I think I would have too. Had demons cast out of me, I want to be with Jesus. But Jesus says, no, you need to stay here. And I want you to be a witness for me here on the edge of the Roman Empire and of the Gentile world. Uh, sometimes we are touched by the Lord Jesus and we immediately want to leave everything that we've known because we've had such a powerful, transforming experience and we want, we're ready to move and we're ready to go. And sometimes the Lord says, no, I already have you right where I want you to be. Stay here, abide here, burn for me here, be a light for me here, be a witness for me here. I need you, but I need you to be where you already are. And there may be somebody here tonight that <laughs> you've got itchy feet, you're ready to go. It's a big world, it's exciting, you wanna travel and you wanna experience a lot of things and missionary activity and, and be a light for Jesus in other places. But this may be a time and a season the Lord is saying, no, I have you exactly where I want you. Abide here, my son. Stay here, my daughter. Bloom, as it were, where you are planted. I will shine in you and through you. And this is my will. Well, Jesus and the disciples, after transforming that part, uh, the other side of Galilee, get back in the boat, come back to Jesus' headquarters. They're now back to Capernaum. And as they come back, we now have these two stories uh, that kind of collide both in one day uh, to Jesus. We have these uh, two, well, we have a, a woman uh, who has an issue of blood, and we also have a little girl uh, who is actually, according to the Gospel of Matthew, she's already died. We hear uh, that in Mark uh, that she's sick, but in, in uh, Matthew already says that she had died. And word comes and, and Jairus is now coming, pleading and begging for Jesus to come and do something. I want you to see these two stories uh, that, that reveal two sides of the tenderness of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no one in the universe more tender-hearted or more sympathetic to human suffering than the Lord Jesus, amen? And he is here tonight. He knows every anxiety that might be riddling your mind. He knows every troubling thought that goes on in your head. He knows every ache of your soul. He sees every tear that is shed at night. And when you cry silently into your pillow, he knows all about it. And we have here also the contrasting stories. We have Jairus, who is a very, he's actually the head of the synagogue there in Capernaum. Uh, he's, in a way of saying, the president of the, and ruler of the synagogue at Capernaum. And he's somebody really important who now comes to Jesus. On the other side is a woman who is anonymous and lowly and poor and humble. And yet I want you to note that Jesus welcomed them both. He was open to anyone that is in need. And then we have this little girl. It's also rather interesting. You, you have a little girl who's 12 years old and who 
dies, and you have a woman, a grown woman, who has been battling with a, an ailment where she's been hemorrhaging for 12 years. 12, is 12 a significant number in the Bible? How many tribes of Israel were there? I'm trying to remember. 12. So the Lord is saying, I know all the tribes, I know all the needs, uh, from the biggest to the smallest, to the greatest to the least, to the richest to the poorest, to the important and to those who are anonymous and think you are a nobody. In the eyes of the Messiah, everyone is extremely valuable and tremendously precious. The name of this ruler is Jair, and, uh, or Yair in Hebrew. And it's interesting, names always have meanings. His name means God enlightens or God will open your eyes. And this ruler of the synagogue probably already uh, had been warned by religious authorities from Jerusalem down in the south, watch out for this guy, Yeshua of Nazareth. We're watching him. We don't trust him. He might have even been asked to give us reports on him. And there may have been a side where uh, Jairus is basically warned to watch Jesus. <laughs> but he's also, he's in overseeing the synagogue where Jesus is doing so many miracles that he cannot deny. They're happening in his own backyard. They're happening right there around his synagogue and to the families that are part of his congregation. So when it's his own daughter, all of a sudden, the politics are set aside. And now all of a sudden, if this man can touch my daughter and heal her, I don't care what they say anywhere else. And so Jesus heals this woman both inside and out. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Pastor Ray's messages reach so many each day, and we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the country and also near to home. Pastor Ray was inspiring and an encourager with a great sense of humor. He was such an anointed servant who will be greatly missed, but he's where he should be with God, praying that God is comforting his family and friends. We will see him soon if God doesn't tarry. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings have touched so many lives through the years. If you have a message to share, you can email us at ray at raybentley.com or post a comment on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Look with me here. It says in verse 25, let's read the rest of this story. It says, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And it suffered many things from many physicians. She had tried every doctor. She had tried every remedy. Uh, in fact, it goes on to say she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Has that ever happened to anybody? Even in modern times, with all the science, and we have a lot of people in the medical field that are part of Maranatha and part of the church here, and I honestly believe that a general practitioner, a specialist, uh, those that get involved in that field, even in the support help, are motivated. They want to help heal people. Uh, it's very much like the heart of Jesus, to want to help people in some way uh, to feel better. 
And so I'm sure that all of these doctors and all of those, all the remedies that had been given and tried, all the money that she had spent was all well intended. But unfortunately, she was not only no better off, she was worse off. And then verse 27, when she heard about Jesus. Sometimes the Lord waits until we have exhausted every human resource and then you hear about Jesus or you remember Jesus. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd. Now, we can't even begin to imagine what it was like to be around Jesus at that time. And, and she touched his garment. There were so many people around him, thronging around him, crowding around him. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, I love this, verse 29. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. Boom. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. I think it's interesting. Jesus knew, I mean, there are many that are touching him, but he knew someone has touched me differently. They have touched me with faith. He felt the power, the virtue, the healing powers that were within him as the Messiah flowing out of his body into someone who had grasped a hold of him in faith. And he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Here's this woman, she was incurable, uh, she has a hemorrhage uh, that was no doubt incurable and, and it was slowly destroying her. We can only imagine the, the physical pain and the emotional pressure that was literally sapping her strength day after day after day after day. Poor, poor woman. She's in this condition and then she, she happens, <laughs> talk about uh, God's blessing, she happens to be born at the time and in the place where God actually sent his only begotten son and where he's beginning to do miracle after miracle after miracle and she hears about it and she determines, I am going to this man and she had apparently not only heard that Jesus healed people, but had either heard his teachings or heard others tell about his teachings. And she made a judgment about his character, that this was a man of God. He was a man of the word of God. He was a man who loved God. He was a man who followed the commandments of God. He was a man of obedience. He was a man of relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And she said, I know he is a man who walks with character and the anointing of God is upon him. She may not have theologically been able to write a dissertation about him or his claims, but she had made a judgment about him. And she also determined in her own mind, because that man is good, all I need, he's a man of prayer, he is a man of the word, he is a man of the promises. If I touch him with faith, I believe that God will heal me. 
Now, it's very interesting that she develops this whole little theology in her own mind, but God up in heaven says, now that is a faith I will hear and respond to and answer. Now, she could have given a lot of excuses. She could have said, I'm not important enough for Jesus to care about me. And it's very easy to have faith. Oh, I know he is a good man. He's a prophet. He may, some say he's the Messiah and he's healing all these other people, but not me. This is where faith becomes real. Listen, faith is not, I believe Jesus can do this because of who he is. Uh, Faith is not just, I believe Jesus can do this for other people, but real, genuine, powerful, transformative faith is when I say, I believe Jesus will do it for me if I reach out and touch him. She did not give in to any excuses. She laid aside any arguments she may have had and she came to Jesus. And the Lord said she was a woman of great faith. Now the fact that she comes up and approaches Jesus from behind, she is not wanting (laughs) number one attention, although she's gonna get a lot of attention in just a few moments. She is wanting to come from behind and apparently there were so many people around Jesus I think this would be, this would be, if Jesus literally was here and walked down here and you could, you know, got over your amazement of it and you could go up and touch Jesus or hold his hand or hug him, uh, how many of you would be willing to try? Let's, you know, he's here. And especially, okay, let's say you're standing back, he's too holy and I can't do it. And then some other, you know, Peter, uh, you know, runs up and hugs Jesus and Jesus hugs him back and smiles and goes, all right, it's okay. He didn't zap him or anything. We could all run and throng around Jesus. So here is Jesus. People I I can imagine are touching him. Little children are getting through the adult's legs and they're reaching out, they're grabbing, they're touching him, they're pulling him, they're trying to get attention. They're laying hands on him. Uh, You know, this, this is a very simple part of the world, humble part of the world. A lot of people from farming backgrounds and so forth, they're very hands-on, earthy, real, salt of the earth. So she makes her way into the crowd from behind with many people around Jesus. Probably not easy to get into that inner circle and she reaches in and through who knows how many elbows and shoulders and grabs hold of his tassels. Now, this is also interesting though. This was, she would have known this is an awkward situation for the rabbi. Um, she may have taken advantage of the confusion of the moment, but if she was a you know, Jewish woman that had an issue of blood, she was unclean. She's not even allowed to go into the synagogue according uh, to Jewish law. And it was commonly understood that any woman should keep her distance from a rabbi. And again, this was doubly true because of her uncleanness due to this ailment. And I put the scripture reference there in Leviticus chapter 15. You can read it for yourself. Leviticus 15 verses 25 through 27. Unclean, stay away. But before Jesus had a chance to react, the woman reached out and touched. Now, literally what she touched are the tassels. And I put the Hebrew in there, the tzitzit, uh, the tassels of his robe. He had a robe and then he had tassels. And she reached out and specifically grabbed the tassels that hung down from a orthodox, law-abiding, observant Jewish man. That's what she grabbed hold of, that's what she touched, and that's where the power of God left Jesus' body and went into her. Now this tells us a couple of things. Number one, 
It tells us that while Jesus definitely spoke about the dangers of tradition, being careful about tradition or worshiping tradition or elevating tradition above the Bible, it also reveals he followed the biblical command to wear these fringes. I don't know if you're aware of this, but actually in the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, it actually, God gave instructions to a Jewish man who wanted to walk observantly, to honor God, follow God, be obedient to God. He was to wear tassels. And apparently Jesus did. He had a very simple garment. In fact, that was the only thing that he owned. But as well as the garment, he had the tassels. And in fact, into the tassels uh, were to be connected a blue thread that was symbolic of being obedient to heaven. So Numbers chapter 15, verses 37 through 39, I put in your notes so that we could read this together. Maybe this will be the first time some of you have heard this about the tassels and then about the blue thread and what actually the woman uh, grabbed a hold of when she grabbed a hold of Jesus. Let's read it out loud together. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. And you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined. In other words, the tassels were to be a reminder physically and literally in your clothing and in your dress, I am dedicated to God. I don't just follow my own, my eyes, my flesh. I am dedicated to God. Blue, of course, is a picture of heaven. The heavens are blue, the physical heavens. Do you know why the physical heavens are blue as opposed to any other color? Because they reflect in the natural what's true of the spiritual. The very throne of God is like a blue sapphire throne. It's a heavenly picture. And so that tassel that's got the blue thread in it is a reminder, I am not living for myself, but I am dedicated to the word of God. So that's the first thing that we notice. And the second thing is the fact that this woman reached out and touched the tassels shows her faith. She was in essence saying, because those tassels represented a reminder to the man that he was to live not for himself, but for the will of God, the will of his father. And Jesus said, that's what I came for. I follow the will of my father. I live for the will of my father. What God had intended for uh, the Jewish people to follow in the law, but had never lived up to, Jesus did. In other words, when she grabbed hold of the tassels, it wasn't some magical thread. All that was was a picture of the character of the man who wore them, who happened to be perfect. In other words, holding onto the tassels represented the Word of God, a man that fulfilled every jot, every title of the Word of God, and that she would receive her healing. It wasn't holding onto the fringes that healed her, it was reaching out in faith to the character of the man wearing those fringes, a man of the Word, a man of prayer. Amen? Pastor Ray Bentley, with some fascinating insights from chapter five of the Gospel of Mark. And he has more to come from this story here on Maranatha Radio. Now today's study is titled, Power Over Death. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com.
That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Mark. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.